Hi there, Huddles. Uh, thank you for your time. I'm grateful for the chance to spend time with you. Today we're talking about core principle module five, which is avoid avoidances. Uh, remember that um, anxiety disorders are created, maintained, and intensified uh, by avoidance. And so let's start with understanding the difference between an anxiety state and an anxiety disorder. So an anxiety state is a normal, natural, healthy, and adaptive reaction to a threat or a perceived threat. And in the presence of a perceived threat, we get anxious sensations or the fight or flight response as well as catastrophic thinking. So that fight or flight response includes rapid heartbeat, um, sweating, blood rushing out from your stomach to your arms and your legs, uh, blood pressure going up, pupils dilating, all these types of things. Also uh, muscle tension. Um, one of the reasons that people often feel dizzy is because in the presence of the muscle tension, people often take a deeper breath and as they breathe out, their CO2 changes. A change in your CO2 is not dangerous to you, but it can make you feel dizzy and tingly. And that can later give you more tension or headaches, or um, when you're really over-breathing, you can start to feel depersonalized. So in addition to this fight or flight response, people often have catastrophic thinking. Um, and the different anxiety disorders are marked by the difference in what you fear. So some people in the presence of their fight or flight response uh, will fear their sensations and then avoid in response to sensations. We call that panic disorder. Um, some people have socially anxious thoughts and um, fear the feeling of judgment, rejection, or embarrassment. That's social anxiety. And then um, generalized anxiety and OCD can be seen on a spectrum of egocentric versus egodystonic thoughts, which are just fancy words for what seems reasonable versus unreasonable. So a worry thought might be, what if I lose my job? And the avoidance and response might be checking and rechecking my work email or the reports I'm writing. It could be getting reassurance from my boss or my coworkers. It could also just be overworking um, across the board. Comparatively, an OCD thought would be something like, what if the door isn't locked despite me watching my hand lock my door? Um, that could still give someone the feeling of uncertainty. And in the presence of the feeling of uncertainty, they might check and recheck the door. They might take a picture of the door. They might get reassurance from a friend that the door is locked. Uh, but all these behaviors across the board are avoidance behaviors, and they just create more and more uncertainty over time. Um, and that's when, if what started as the anxiety state, again, the, the um, fight or flight response, then you add the catastrophic thinking and the feeling of uncertainty. When you do something in response that makes the feeling of uncertainty more likely, then that becomes its own pattern. And we call that an anxiety disorder. So in order to get through our anxiety disorders, we have to do the opposite. And what's very important is we have to find the specific avoidance and specifically do the opposite of that avoidance. So another name for avoidance is, is experiential avoidance. Just what we mean by that is that avoidance doesn't have to just be situational, although that's a very common form of avoidance. Um, but we're not just talking about situations. We're also talking about cognitive avoidance, somatic avoidance, emotional avoidance, or emotion-driven behavior. And so we call that experiential avoidance because it includes all types of private experiences that you might want to avoid in the presence of anxiety. So situational avoidance is what you might expect. This is not doing a, a certain external, going to a certain external uh, situation 
because of the chance that it might give you anxious sensations or anxious thoughts. Um, cognitive avoidance can look like a number of different things. And we often talk about this in Huddle uh, because it's a pretty subtle part of your process. But cognitive avoidance could include worry, rumination, mental compulsions or replay. Um, it could include thought control or suppression. And it also can, can include distraction. So many people have many forms of cognitive avoidance going on at the same time. And so sometimes they're distracting, sometimes they're worrying, and um, really it can be hard to figure out what to do in that, that moment. Uh, actually, what you're always looking for is what would you prefer not to be doing? Um, so you're always trying to go towards your anxiety. So if your distraction is, um, if it's anxiety provoking to distract, then you want because you prefer to be worrying, then you want to distract. If it's anxiety provoking to keep thinking about your thoughts, then your opportunity, your exposure would actually be distraction. Um, so other forms of experiential avoidance include um, somatic and emotional. So somatic avoidance would be avoiding the sensations that show up in your body. Emotional avoidance would be avoiding specific emotions. And then emotion-driven behavior is marked by its urgency. So there's kind of a, there, you can think about the difference between compulsive behavior and impulsive behavior. Um, that's like compulsive behavior is more like, I don't wanna be doing something, but I feel like I need to. So this might show up as like getting reassurance, checking, washing, these types of things that are more common in OCD, where impulsive behavior might be something like, I wanna do it despite the risks. Um, so that might include substance use, risky sexual behavior, emotion-driven dri shopping sprees, all this type of thing. Um, but in all of these cases, you're still um, avoiding what it is that you're feeling and allowing it to be there so that you can make an, a values-driven decision. So what we're trying to do at all times is notice the thoughts that we're having, notice the feelings that we're having, um, see them as thoughts and feelings, and then shift to values-driven behavior. Um, so with that in mind, again, we're trying to look, we're trying to notice all these different avoidances and, and doing the opposite. So what's really important is that we get the details. So Marty Seif and Sally Winston in their book, What Every um, Therapist Needs to Know About Anxiety Disorders, talks about how fear of flying can really be a catch-all for all kinds of different problems. And the, the details of that person that says that they have fear of flying is really important because you need to help them have exposure or intentional practice going towards um, the thing, the specific thing that they are fearing. So I want to use a different example around contamination fears. So lots of people come to th therapy saying that they have contamination OCD, but that almost that means almost nothing to me because I don't know the details of what the contamination is. Some examples include someone could have someone could avoid the feeling of disgust. So that would be somatic avoidance maintaining their contamination fear. They could avoid the feeling of uncertainty. That would be more like emotional avoidance of um, their contamination fear. They could be, it could be maintained by actual situational avoidance. So they're, they're not um, doing situations where they might um, be contaminated according to their OCD. They might, rather than situational avoidance, they might worry about the situation or replay it. That's more like cognitive 
avoidance, um, or they might have emotion-driven behavior, including like when they feel really anxious and urgent, they choose to wash and compulse against it. So again, lots of people have kind of a, a number of different things going on at the same time, but that's just an example of how many different avoidances um, could be showing up by just the term contamination OCD. So while um, the concept of exposure and response prevention might seem relatively easy and simple. It's just go towards the thing that you fear and don't do anything um, to avoid and then you'll get through that fear. The reality is that the details um, are the difference between continuing to suffer and recovery from a process like this and your anxiety and OCD are as smart as you are so oftentimes there's many different details going on at the same time or the details are really nuanced. Let's talk more so we can observe those behaviors and you can recover.